Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Hello, everybody. We're really excited. We're mid-February. We have actually a couple more weeks before we head to a special education conference, nationwide special education conference hosted by COPA, the Council of Parents, Advocates and Attorneys or Attorneys and Advocates. It's whatever. It's an acronym. Yeah. But this year it's in New Orleans. Yes. And of course, it's the week of Mardi Gras. Had to kind of take advantage of that. We may be going on a little vacation before the conference. I don't know. No, our whole staff is going to come, so it's going to be a a little retreat. We do some team bonding. It's always good. I hope Skylar doesn't listen to our podcast. You're like, oh, it's a retreat, work retreat. The big easy. Anyway, we'll be telling you guys a little bit more about that, let you know what classes we're taking and stuff, and then we'll be recording while we're there. Yeah, like last year we had some guests on at the conference. We got to figure out, actually, I think the keynote speaker, we need to get her on. More about that if we can snag her for the podcast. Special guest would be great. Or we could just lie about it and then say, this was the keynote speaker. Just kidding. We don't lie to you guys. Anyway, we're really excited because we have guests from Brain Balance. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Thanks for coming, ladies. Thank you for having us. My name is Marcel. I am the center director of the Brain Balance Center in Lake Forest. I have been with Brain Balance for about five years. I have my doctorate in psychology, have been working with kids that have different difficulties and special needs basically throughout my entire career. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited to be here. That's great. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. My name is Samantha, and I'm the program director of the Brain Balance Center in Lake Forest. I started with Brain Balance about four years ago as a sensory motor coach and helping the students one-on-one. And then from there, I went into assistant program directing, and now I program direct for Marcel's location in Lake Forest. I have my bachelor's in kinesiology, and I will soon be starting my master's of occupational therapy this year. So oh, congrats. Yeah, That'll be you. awesome. Super excited about that. Keep you um, busy for sure, I'm sure. Absolutely. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> so why don't you guys tell our guests a little bit about what brain balance is? Yeah, absolutely. So at Brain Balance, what we're looking at, well, typically the families that come to see us, their child's having some type of academic or social behavioral difficulty. Some have a diagnosis, some have IEPs, others were their first stop. Mm -hmm. So we kind of see all types of different families and children. But when they do come to our center, we are doing an assessment with them to see if the different difficulties that they're having is stemming from an imbalance in the brain. So what that looks like is a sensory motor and academic assessment to see if the right and left hemispheres of the brain are working together, communicating efficiently and whatnot. And typically what we find is that when parents are have concerns or when the children showing different types of concerns that it is stemming from a weak area in the brain. So then our whole goal with that child is to stimulate 
the weak areas when they come into our center. And we do that through what we call multisensory stimulation. So it's very non-invasive, non-medical approach. Basically, they come into our center three times a week for an hour. They work with their sensory motor coach in stimulating whatever the weak hemisphere of the brain is. So Samantha, as a program director, develops you know a very individualized program based off of their assessment and what we've talked about in, as far as what the child specifically needs. And then we're basically rehabilitating it through movement and exercise. So it's pretty amazing. Right, yeah. yeah. Kids love coming. It's super fun for them. We're not you know, sitting down doing math and reading over and over. We're not, you know, talking about feelings. It's just come into the center, move, and let's get, you know, different parts of your brain going. And you just go home and eventually parents start to see those amazing positive gradual changes. And because we're working on so many different developmental aspects, our goal is really to work on the foundation. So it's like if a child comes with academic difficulties, you know, like they have a learning disability or maybe it's not diagnosed, we're not saying, okay, well, let's do flashcards, let's do tutoring, let's fix the symptom. Instead, we're saying, okay, what part of the brain isn't contributing to your child being able to read or what's causing them to flip numbers or, you know, whatever it may be. And so because we're working on the foundation, A, it's not stressful for the child because, like I said, it's fun for them. They don't know what we're doing other than I'm working out. And B, we're getting permanent results. So we're getting permanent results without the tears, without, you know, all of the stressful difficulties that typically, you know, the poor kids go through. What are the age ranges that you see of kiddos, I'm sure some moms are just like, ah, I have like a 12-year-old. Is it too late? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, our program is designed for ages 4 to 17. So it's pretty broad range. There's always parents that want us, you know, to assess their younger kiddos under the age of four. We just typically like for the child to be able to follow directions, do the exercises independently. So that's why we just have our little limits there. And then as far as old above 17, I would say, you know, keep a lookout pretty soon Brain Balance will be launching an adult program. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. So I know a lot of parents and educators, they hear assessment, testing. Mm -hmm. Walk us through, like, what does that look like for a kid? What do they have to do in this test? So I typically run the assessments. So when a child comes in, super exciting. We never make it seem like, oh, you're at the doctor's office and we have to start, you know, poking, prodding and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of prep the parents beforehand and I just let them know, hey, just let them know that they're going to be coming in to exercise size. And we're going to be doing some really fun brain games and things like that because we never want them to hear the words assessment or three hours or anything like that. We get kiddos that you know are being assessed by the school and then the parent wants to do their own individual assessment and then maybe they go to an agency that's going to you know help with their tutoring. So then they have to do another. It's like Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. It's like so many hours. It's like too much. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. And I feel like with brain balance, a lot of the kids leave feeling really excited and they're like, whoa, when do I come back? And that's like the biggest compliment to us whenever we hear that, because it's like, okay, we were different from the other places and we actually struck a chord with this child and they're looking forward to coming back rather than running for the hills. (laughs) So with the assessment, they'll come on in and we get paperwork all settled and done with. And then I basically start looking to see their visual function. So we go on to 
a um, computer and we look at the movement of their eyeballs, the way that they're processing information in front of them. And once we plug all of those scores into the computer later on our profile, then we see their percentages. So at a national you know, scale, if this child is a fourth grader, with all the other fourth graders, this is where they should be at 100% function level. And a lot of the times these kids are actually functioning below 50%, as low as 7% some mm-hmm. of the times too. So it's almost like you're in the classroom and you're seeing certain things on the board, but you're only grasping 7% of what's happening all throughout the day. So the eyes fatigue very quickly. So that's kind of the first stop in the assessment. The second stop is a big, just comprehensive assessment where it comes into play with sensory motor, the fine and gross motor movements. We look a lot at core and balance and proprioceptive work. And then we go into the academic realm, I guess, so that we know the baseline levels. And then if it is a child that has that left brain weakness with flipping numbers or not understanding what they're reading or their fluency is really low, then we can see glimpses of that. And observations are made throughout the assessment. Typically, it's three hours. Sometimes we get it down to about an hour and a half, just depending on the child and how they're performing. And sometimes assessments go really well and we get them done very quickly. Other times we're noticing it's just really hard for students to get through those types of activities. And that's a good thing so that we know what the observations are looking like and we can tell parents and just better equip them for what the program is going to look like when they do enroll and what it is that we're going to be working on on a day-to-day basis. And once the assessment is done, Marcel will go over um, the results with the family and then let them know the recommendation of hours. So if it's a student that has really big developmental gaps, they might be with us for about 84 hours to 102 hours. Or if it's a child that is, you know, right below that average and we can get them to where they need to be in about a three to four month program, then we go ahead and give those recommendations to them as well. So that's why the assessment is so key to be, you know, so Well, yeah, it's really key to get it done in the very beginning because then we know where that plan is going to be projected. And then we can also let the schools know, hey, I know we're having a tough time with behavior or academics right now, but give us six months and we can bring that child to where they need to be so that they can, you know, behave and act accordingly and help, you know, provide some good insight in the classroom academic wise as well. Do you guys ever like speak to the school district? The Brain Bounce program has a few different floating parts in addition to just bringing your child three times a week. One of those is we actually, for each of our students, we meet with the school or the teacher, depending on how involved the school is with the child. So let's say if there is no IEP or 504, then we'll just meet one-on-one with the teacher. And the goal of that meeting is to just bring awareness to the teacher about some of our findings because our results in the assessment, like Samantha was talking, really gives the parents and the teacher an understanding of how this child learns. Are they visual? Are they auditory? What's causing them to fidget in their chair? You know, do they need a break in the middle of their day? So we're able to kind of give these little hints and notes to the teacher. And that's really the drive between brain balance going into the school and meeting with the teachers. It's just extra info for them to help the child get through their day. And then we do have quite a bit of our families that have IEPs or 504s. And so we offer our advocacy for them. So we sit in in the IEP meetings, we sit in in the 504s, and A, we're there just to support the families, but B, we're also there if, you know, if they want some extra info for about the student that they're talking about. So I've sat in a number of IEPs throughout the years, a number of 504s. There's been IEPs that have legal issues, and, you know, it's just like a long battle, and, you know, I go to all of them. It's not like just one visit and, no, you know, your time's up. We try to support the families. Yeah. So the ultimate 
goal is to help with academics, but you do it a little bit different. Can you guys talk a little bit about the difference between what you guys do and maybe like traditional tutoring? And then also there are other types of cognitive therapy. Can you kind of like break it down? Like why is it different or how is it different? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say there's two goals when parents come to Brain Balance. One, you have the parents that have the academic difficulties, and then you have the parents that have the sensory difficulties that now is impacting the child's academic ability. So we see both types, and then both can contribute to behavior as well, because depending on how the child feels and how they're coping, it's going to fluctuate how they're going to react. So as far as tutoring, I would look at tutoring kind of like it's helping the symptomatic day-to-day difficulties. So if my child doesn't know how to read, I'm going to help them learn to read by flashcards, by helping them with their spelling list or whatever it may be. Kind of helping them memorize words exactly. and memorize understandings rather than the underlying skill. Absolutely. So that's kind of what tutoring does. and. There's a lot of families that come to our center who have been involved in all different types of tutoring and are currently involved. And they'll ask, you know, Dr. Marcel, should we stop? Should we like let go of tutoring? And I typically say no. I say the tutoring is almost kind of like the medication that the child needs to get through that day or get through that lesson or get through that week chapter, whatever the skill is that they're learning in school. But what brain balance provides for them is to actually help fill the gaps that cause them to need tutoring, if that makes sense. So it's like a short-term fix while you're working on the long-term fix. And eventually you shouldn't need the short-term anymore, but you don't want them to fall further behind while you're working on that. Absolutely. So we're working on the gaps and tutoring is helping them with their spelling test on Friday. You know, so it's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. So you definitely... You need both if you can, but I would say brain balance is completely different than tutoring because when the child comes in, in the hour, they're rarely doing academics because if the child has this academic gap that we're seeing, more times than not, I've yet to see a child come in with scores that are completely 100% sensory motor wise, and then they have academic difficulty. Mm. When they have academic difficulty, there's always a sensory motor component to it. Absolutely 100%. It's not that my child just can't read or can't get through this lesson. It's because A, B, and C has contributed to this. So we work on the A, B, and C. We work on that sensory development to give them, I always say your sensory motor skills are your tools that you need to get through your day, whether it's academics or behavior. And so if their tools are not supporting them, there's no point in trying to make them you know, get through the lessons that day. We have to work on that tool set first. Can you walk us through like a client that you might have, like where their gaps are and how you would address it? So like student comes in and they have kind of a varied profile of some difficulties with the sensory motor and some difficulties with the academics. Do you have like one in mind you could kind of walk through so our listeners could kind of, I don't know, like visualize it a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So last year this time, I would say we had a little girl and the reason why she pops up in my head because her mom just called us last month to give us an update, which was a really good update. Love that. Right. And they remember to oh, like yeah. let you know. We actually yeah. stay in touch with all of our families oh, that's amazing. for an entire year post program. Oh, we have check in meetings every month with them because we want to continuously see the positive. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. We support yeah. them throughout that that's whole year. Rare. But awesome. this little girl, she came in when she was in second grade literally parents were like I think she has a learning disability 
She can't read. Like, things are getting jumbled up. We don't know what's happening. Really, really sweet little girl. But, like, she was starting to hate school Mm -hmm. and kind of going inward. And mom was completely involved and was like, I don't know what's happening. And so we did an assessment for her. And she showed that she was left brain weak. So the left brain really helps contribute to, I always say, like, the fundamentals of academics. So it's your literacy. It's your phonics. It's detail orientation, really. And she showed to have more difficulty in those areas. So when we did her assessment, her sensory motor assessment, her lowest scores I can remember were visual processing and perception. Mm. So her eyes were unable to track, follow, grasp, you know, the whatever is presented in front of her. So if you're performing at, let's say, less than 10% of your perceptive muscles, how do you expect this child to read a sentence just from left to right? Because what's happening between that one left to right movement, their eyes are kind of going all over the page. Right, Because right. they don't have the stamina and strength in their eye muscles to do a nice clean sweep of the words. And so instead what she would do is she would just kind of gaze and guess and keep going into the next one. Because it's harder for your eyes to pause and take it in versus let me just do one big movement. It's different muscles. So she did our program for about six months. And in that six months, I mean, it wasn't that we just focused on eyes. We focused on building the entire left side of the brain. So she did uh, visual processing and perception exercises. She did auditory. We worked on smells. We worked on proprioceptive exercises, balance, core. We basically worked on building that tool set for her. But every exercise that she did and the way that she did it and the way it was administered for her was to stimulate the left hemisphere. So after six months of program, we did our post assessments. And in between, we're meeting with progress reports. And parents are like, oh, my gosh, she's doing great. Everything's slowly starting to kick in. We're starting to see. And for her mom, it wasn't even like grades. She didn't care so much anymore. She was like, she likes school Mm -hmm. again. You know, Mm -hmm. she's not kind of going inward anymore. Tears and freak outs. And oh, my gosh, I have to go to school today and I can't do this. Absolutely. So she did a six month program with us. We did a post assessment to see if she needed anything more. And for the most part, we thought, you know what, she met most of her gaps. She's good to launch and graduate our program. And she's been gone now, I would say since, yeah, six months or so she's been post program. And this or last month, mom gave us a call and said she made honor roll. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I know it's probably really interesting for some of our clients. We are not experts in this, but I know Amanda and I have heard about the relation between the physical body, right? I think sometimes people think of these disabilities in these different categories mm-hmm. as, you know, things that are affecting the brain, but it's just the brain mm-hmm. and not really probably connecting it all like you just did, right? right? Like it's the left hemisphere. And so then these are all the areas Absolutely. and like we're stimulating this part, like we're not doing any of this other stuff. So that was like brilliantly explained too, by the way. Like I think you really <laughs> painted a picture because I think most people are just like, wait, that right. doesn't make sense. I always right. say nothing is a coincidence. Nothing yeah. is unrelated. So yeah. in my consults, like I'll ask the parents about like infant milestones. I'll ask them about, mm. you know, food habits. Mm. I'll ask them about 
if how were they ever in a sport or how do they perform on the field? I ask them about their friendships. Nothing is unrelated. All of these things. I always kind of say like the brain is if you think of a spider web, the brain is the head in the middle and everything else in the spider web is mm-hmm. completely connected and mm-hmm. interrelated. So if, you know, if a child has a learning difficulty, if they're experiencing any type of learning disabilities or if there's even an assumption, I would say look into the sensory motor development. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So with her needing to be able to track appropriately reading a sentence, what kind of exercises, like what did you do to help with that part of the brain? Yeah. So what we utilize is different eye therapy exercises. So in the hour session, for instance, that she would come in for, there's like about 12 different just visual eye exercises that she would do specific to her program and her levels. Each exercise is basically strengthening one functional eye muscle. Mm -hmm. And so for her, what it looks like, it's on a little computer, the at least the visual part, and she's doing, you know, these little games. It's very fun and interactive, and she just needs to follow along. And we're basically stretching her muscles to build the stamina like any other muscle in your body. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you go to the gym and you want to work out your arms, you're going to do a bunch of like different arm exercises. It's the same thing. She would only come and do a bunch of different eye exercises to build these eye muscles. But we would definitely specify it to the left hemisphere of the brain. That's really the difference with brain balance and maybe other, you know, therapies is Mm -hmm. we're hemisphere specific. Right. That's the most important thing, because typically when kids do have an imbalance, Yes, they have an imbalance because they are experiencing weaknesses in other areas of development. But the dominant brain, the stronger side of their brain, has been compensating all their life. Mm. So they actually have a lot of strengths. And the difficulty is that the child is trying to navigate their entire world through just this one dominant area of the brain. And that's kind of where they butt heads with the rest of the environment. So it's always important to make sure that if we are challenging them or trying to stimulate their brain, that we turn off the strong side for them when they come to brain balance. I was going to ask, so it sounds like just depending on what the child needs, like how and where they can fit in their schedule, you know, either during the school or over summer, do these exercises, can they take them home or you guys are real controlled in the way that like, no, we're doing what we're doing here. You don't have to worry about, you know, homework or whatever. Are you just in my brain right Probably. now? Literally, I Probably. I was about to touch That's what on happens. that. So yeah, we have a home program and what Dr. Marcel said earlier is that we are with them for a full year. So let's say they finish program in six months. They aren't gone yet. <laughs> they still hear from us. And we go in and we check in about four to six week periods to oh, okay. make sure how things are going. We retest certain areas that haven't developed to make sure that that development is still moving forward. And we assign those types of exercises to do at home after wow. program. After, but during yeah. program, there are exercises that are done at home as well. Nice. These are related towards the eyes, but then also all of their primitive reflexes. And these are reflexes that everyone's born with. Mm-hmm. Everyone has them. But by a a year to a year and a half, they should have subsided because they were used up through the movement when they were a child. Mm. And now they're gone and their adult reflex has taken its spot. So if you think of a reflex, when you go to the doctor and they hit your mm-hmm. knee and your leg shoots up, no matter how much you think in your brain, don't move, don't move. 
you're going to move because that reflex is in control and your body is not in control of that. So with those reflexes and all of the challenges that happen behaviorally and academically, that child really has no choice. They know what they should be doing. They know what they should be learning. But for some reason, their body is not able to do it because that reflex is in control. So the home exercises are what help to take those reflexes out of the system. And once they're gone, all of that prep work we've been doing in session is going to shine through because that reflex is no longer there that is fascinating because a lot of times when we are working with kiddos that have ieps and there's a behavior that warrants you know expulsion or suspension we have what's called manifestation determination hearings it's very informal it's like an iep meeting but oftentimes we're looking at you know did the disability of this child cause it? And so sometimes we'll get some school psychs that say, you know, no, he knew what was right and what was wrong and he just did it. And it's just like, no, (laughs) you know, exactly how you just uh, detailed it out. You know, there are certain reflexes or, you know, they Mm -hmm. compensate in a certain way and it is a function of their disability. So that, yeah. Yeah, one of our kiddos that actually just came in on Monday to get assessed, we have a trampoline off to the side and he was supposed to be focusing on the computer in front of him and we were doing math lessons at that point and he just kept looking off to the trampoline and I was sitting back just waiting to observe to see what he would do and he finally got up and grabbed the trampoline and I said hey bud remember we have to do our math first and then we can do the trampoline in a bit and he was so sweet and he was totally understanding but he told me a key term which I was like it hurt my heart. I was like, this poor little boy. He's like, I know, but it's just, it's so tempting. And he was mm-hmm. a little six-year-old saying the word tempting. Yes. But it's because yeah. he knows he what he physically yeah. needs to be doing and where his focus is at. But no matter how hard he tried, he had to get Couldn't up and go it. touch yeah. that trampoline because it was just so tempting. And a lot of times these kiddos, we have to reframe the way we see them. And that's kind of the big goal with the school visit is that we want to teach these, not teach these teachers, but just let them know, hey, I know it's a hard day for you as a teacher because there's 30 of them and they're all wanting to grab on to different things in your classroom. But the reason that this is happening is because we have a spinal gallant reflex or we have this impulsivity from the right side of the brain. And since that side of the brain is weak, it's going to act more on that impulse because he doesn't have impulse control Mm -hmm. and things like that. So that's our main goal with brain balance is awareness, understanding what it is that's going on in that brain. Everyone's brain is very different and it's, you know, firing at different rates and at different times and the way that we help is by just showing all this information and helping build the brain at our center at home after program at schools with their therapists so we've gone to like play therapy and different speech locations we've also talked to like baseball coaches and all these things that all these people that are involved in the kids lives to make sure that everyone's on the same page because once we're all going towards that same goal everything just falls into place a lot better oh that's so important a lot of people think about kids well they're learning right they just have to learn impulse control they have to learn how to you know monitor their behavior and and we think well just you know if we tell them enough times eventually they're going to get it and that's a thing where you know teachers even special education teachers they're not doctors they don't go through this specialized schooling right they are learning how to teach but they don't always know all these different you know parts about the brain and i remember i was a child development major so i did learn some developmental milestones in some classes but by no means would i be able to explain anything like you know what you guys are talking about and that's essentially what you know teachers are going through they don't have that expertise mm-hmm. and so it's really great when schools and providers are really 
willing to learn because we do see some pushback of, you know, they appear like typical child in many ways. And so they think, well, this Johnny is acting appropriately when Johnny's told not to go stand up and go grab the red pen over there. Johnny doesn't. So why doesn't Susie, you know, but, and so they compare and I think that happens a lot. So it's great to get. I mean, that's kind of what we do, you know, about the IEP process for people. That's, you know, a different factor. So I, I love that you guys go out to the community and because that's really important. And I think yeah. it's important for, I think, parents sometimes to know that too, that sometimes it's not their fault. And I think the big thing, too, is just to let parents know it's not just you. Like, you're not going through all these struggles alone. We have 30 other families right now Mm -hmm. that are going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to touch also on collaboration is key with everyone involved for Johnny and Susie and all that kind of stuff. But the program changes that are, you know, settled into these kiddos, they don't happen at that six-month mark. Like, we don't have to go through six months of program to see those changes. Right, right. I actually just had a progress meeting this week week with a mom and her daughter is 15 sessions in. So that's about a month and a half or so. And her daughter is no longer crying for homework. She sits down and has half of her homework done already because she got it done while she was waiting for her mom when she was waiting to get picked up. Her mom does not have to go problem by problem wow. to help her out. Yeah. And she was actually chosen to be student of the week. So she had Look to at present. How quick. I know, wow. super fast. She was chosen to be student of the week. And mom was like, before brain balance, she would have begged me to tell her teacher, pick another student. I don't want to make my project because they wow. have to make a poster that says who I am and oh. all my favorite things and baby pictures and things like that. She did not want to do that. And then she would have cried because she would have to present. Mom was like, I can't get her to stop talking about this. (laughs) I had to start working with her on an outline at 10 p.m. on a Friday night because she wouldn't stop. She's like, I'm just so excited. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to show them all about me. And then when I get up and I talk about myself, this is what I'm going to say. And she was practicing in front of the mirror. And her mom was just sitting there like I'm getting chills right now thinking about it because I know this little girl from the first day. No way would she have ever done something like this. She barely even said hello. Because once now she's excited about they talking, see that yeah. they have the skill set, right? Absolutely. Because it just mm-hmm. gets clouded. In like, there. you know, if you want to help your friend, you know, lose weight, it's not just exercise. You know, you got to change. It's a lifestyle. It's a mindset. Exactly. And I don't think it's talked about enough. Kind The brain, right? And, and what you're saying and the different exercises and the different. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're in the world where it's like vision therapy. And then we have, you know, the rainbow colored lenses that you're putting on because you, you know, and I have to have purple paper because of the way my eye, like there's just so many different things and the brain, you know, we take it for granted, right? It's just like, oh, you're born and you're this clean slate and you're just going to learn all this stuff and it's going to be so natural because it was reading, writing and arithmetic and it's like you got it or you didn't and if you didn't, there was something wrong with you and if there was something wrong with you, we're doing this and it's just, I'm sure you guys see just so many different types of kiddos that may have been misdiagnosed as we see and so it's great. I wanted to just ask what are your guys' locations? Are you here in California, Southern California? California? Yeah, so right now we are in Lake Forest, California. So we're from the Lake Forest Center. There's brain balances all over the states, though. So there's the program originally started, I would say, more in the East Coast. It started in New York, and now it's kind of reached all sides 
of the country and there we have a website brainbalance.com you can go to our specific website brainbalance.com forward slash lake forest we're local here to the southern california area so you can definitely find us anywhere and we had a special for your listeners that if they were to yeah we have specials so if they call our office and mention the podcast we would honor a 99 dollar assessment promotion for them awesome yeah it's typically 295 wow you hear it everyone yeah (laughs) get on it (laughs) so that would include a consultation assessment and then the results of the assessment as well so i always tell families you know if for some reason the program and you know they're not able to commit to the program the assessment is so telling within itself i mean we have parents that just have like these aha moments in the assessment Mm -hmm. results saying like oh my gosh now it makes sense you're not just putting like a label like you go to the doctor and you get a disability right right? you get a diagnosis of a disability and it's like this and then the parents go out and they do all this research they google and they're like okay my child has a visual processing disorder or my child has autism and so you're looking at all of the typical signs but that doesn't necessarily give you the profile of that child right and so you're looking more at the underlying profile of their brain and how like they're learning and developing so it's a little bit different right absolutely so parents like I was saying the assessment is just so telling because it I mean we I had a parent this week in the results and she was crying at one point where I kind of we showed an assessment result where the child's awareness levels were about three to four years younger than what he's actually at today. And that morning she had gotten upset at him for doing something very, very immature. And she was just like, oh my gosh, so you're telling me that it's out of his control. And I was like, yeah, it's almost like when you get in, you get upset at the child and they're like deer in a headlights, like mm-hmm. what did I just do? Mm-hmm. I don't know what I just did wrong. And literally a lot of these kids, that's what they experience. It's this overwhelming feeling of like, I don't know what I just did, but I'm in trouble or I'm not, I can't catch up no matter how much I try. It's this constant, you know, feeling of defeat. So the assessment results just give parents the awareness. I always tell them awareness and knowledge is so important because even if you leave my office and I never see you again, you are going to parent your mm-hmm. child very differently mm-hmm. because of these knowledge results. Knowledge is power, yeah. Knowledge and is I'm sure power. that you've, and why you're probably starting the adult program, is that you're seeing parents think, and I've heard this from psychologists and neuropsychs who will assess a kiddo that has dyslexia and just be like, which one of you has dyslexia? You know, to the parents, like, or give them a video and the parent, you know, realizes, you know, 45 years into their life that it's like, oh my gosh, I think I have dyslexia, you know, but I worked twice as hard in college to keep up and, you know, and that was that time and that was their struggle. That adult program is exciting. We'll have to have you guys come back when you launch yeah, that. Yeah, it's definitely in the works. They're finishing up the research and the protocols and things like that. Very cool. So we're hoping to, you know, get that information soon and yeah, we can be back to talk about that. Would that would be amazing. So what's this phone number that people can call yes, to get this special? Absolutely. So give us a call in Lake Forest, 949-354-5503. You can mention the podcast and we'll go ahead and honor the $99 assessment for you. Awesome. Thank you. And then we'll post your information on our social media, on our Facebook group when we launch the episodes of the pod so you guys can go and check out their website and everything and Oh, yeah. Our show notes will have all that information as well. But we're so glad you guys came. We can't wait to have you back to talk. I mean, I think we could have talked for hours and hours and hours of the science behind it. And I think we want to do that because, I mean, I'm sure 
people just want to know more. So yeah, thank you absolutely. so much for being here. Absolutely. Again, give us a call. And there's also a great book that describes the program a bit more. Mm. And it's called The Disconnected Kid. So. Awesome. Another thing you guys can check out to learn more cool. about the science behind it. Yes. <laughs> My homework. Next time. All right. Next thanks, time on the guys. pod. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Oh. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>